Welcome to School Biz Chat with Kim Cranston, OASBO Executive Director. Each episode of this podcast is dedicated to discussing events and issues that affect the people who are in the business of supporting students. Now, let's take a few minutes to see what's going on in the school business world. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of School Biz Chat. I'm Kim Cranston, and it is so fun for me today to introduce Molly McGee Hewitt to you. I met Molly, I don't even know now, years ago when she was the executive director for California ASBO, and I was just starting my tenure as Missouri ASBO executive director. I'm going to let Molly tell a little bit about her work history, but she has just recently been appointed as the executive director for NAPT, which is the National Association for People Transportation, which I know all of you are familiar with. So Molly, thank you so much for being here today. And would you just take a minute to introduce yourself to our listeners? Well, thank you so much for inviting me. It's my honor to be here and to be able to work with you again. So I spent 15 years as the CEO executive director of California ASBO which when I left about four years ago, we had 35,000 members. So it was a pretty large association. And we had a a lot of the different disciplines within school business. And so it's kind of ironic for me today, transportation was one of those divisions that I had worked with. So I always tell people in education, it's sort of like we're in a circle. You never know what you're coming back to. But early in my career, I was a classroom teacher, I was a site administrator, I was a school board member, and I worked on both the instructional side of the house and I also worked on the business side of the house. And uh, for many years before joining CASBO, I worked for the California School Boards Association where I ran their executive search division where we hired superintendents and I taught in their academies to train school board members to be better leaders. So that's sort of where I've come from and who I am. I decided uh, to relocate at the end of COVID. I Unfortunately, I had COVID during the first round. And during that period of time, I did a lot of reflection. And one of the things I had done CASBO for 15 years, I had got my PhD. I wanted to do some teaching. I wanted to do something different. I had a great uh, deputy that I hoped to be promoted, which was. And so I saw it as an opportunity to just make a change. And NAPT came along and it's a good good match for me and it's a good match for my skill set. So I'm excited about the future and what I get to do with it. That is wonderful. So one of the reasons we have Molly here today is you listen to her background, you can tell that she has incredible leadership ability and a leadership skill set that I wanted her to share particularly with our female members. Um, Being a leader who is female has a certain set of challenges. Would you agree, Molly, that are often different from those of men, particularly in public education? Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you, Kim. I think that it's really interesting. We have a group within NAPT called Women in Transportation. And in my very first district, we had a group that was called Women Administrators of Paramount, which was the name of our school district. And we joined together to try to talk about some of the issues that women often face. You know, one of the most interesting dynamics for me is so many women do not see themselves as leaders. 
We are so used to being great support to others or to being caregivers and to having a lot of interest in the what I would call the softer skills of life that sometimes we get so used to being backup and so used to uh, being the support of someone that we don't see ourselves moving forward into that leadership position. And if I was to give my daughters, and I have two lovely daughters, if I was to give them advice, which unfortunately for them, I do frequently, I would tell them to not let anyone take away your options and to see yourself as a leader and not as a secondary person. And I was very fortunate that I worked with both male and female superintendents and administrators who would always say to me, you need to apply for this, you could do this, or you have those skills. So I think a lot of ladies uh, take themselves out of consideration because either they look at a job description and they can't do 100% of it, or they look at a job description and say, oh my gosh, that's more than I can do. And so, you know, I, I would say, take that risk, put your name out there. We learn as we go. And I see so many women, especially, who kind of devalue their skills. And so that to me is one of the parts of, if we can promote each other and we can encourage each other, there's pretty much nothing you can do if you can't find the right people to support you. Boy, I like that. That's a lot to process. I'm thinking about the very first thing you said about how we are often, I was thinking about we're the backup singers and stepping into that spotlight, taking that microphone and being out front is for a lot of women intimidating, particularly if you're looking at moving into a CFO position or an executive director of finance roles that have typically been held by men, although that is certainly changing. We're seeing some changes at, at assistant soup levels and soup levels, although they're still very much male dominated. And I'm again, we're not trying to say anything bad or against men leaders. Mm -hmm. What you were saying is women don't be afraid to step up. Don't be afraid to step out of being that backup singer into the limelight and don't underestimate what you can do. And I think that's really solid advice. So what have you seen, Molly, in your various roles with women and stepping into those leadership positions? What are some other challenges they have faced or maybe you faced? Well, you know, I think there's the fear of, of either not doing a good job or there's a fear of failure. And I think that that is really huge. And I have to tell you that the advice I would give to anyone is that you are going to fail on occasion. And those failures you have are going to be such teaching experiences. Hopefully, they're not catastrophic to your career. Hopefully, there are things that you can deal with. But one of the things is, we, I believe, we learn more from our challenges than we often learn from our successes. I still have the opportunity, uh, and I'll be there this coming weekend, actually, as I'm in California frequently from, from different uh, chief business official training programs. And one of the ones I do is the USC program. And one of the things that I note uh, with our ladies in that program who are trying to progress is that they will look and they will be they will be kind of evaluating themselves off their male counterparts. And I think one of the things when we do that is 
we have to realize we have different sets of values and we have different sets of skills. And I think it's looking at the job and saying, can I do 70% of this job? Do I have the expertise? Because if you can do, and I even think maybe 50 to 60% of the job, you're able to leverage your experience onto that. And I think for me, I sometimes think maybe I was not uh, smart because I saw things as a challenge or an opportunity. I never applied for a job because of the money. I applied for a job because I wanted that position. I wanted to work for that organization. I wanted to do whatever that job was. And when we like what we do and when we're inspired by it, I think it gives us extra, extra energy to do it. But I see a lot of ladies, and again, who devalue themselves in a way that they shouldn't. And, you know, you know, I've written a few books and one time I was at a, a a workshop and I had spoken and they had given my book to everybody. This is when I was working for school boards. And this person came up to me and in a very sarcastic kind of nasty way, this person said, you know, I looked at this and I could have written a better book. And I had probably had just too much coffee that day. And so I looked at this person and I said, you know, you're right. You probably could have written a better book. And I said, but you know what the difference is? And the person looked at me quizzically and I said, I did. And I think that that's the difference. It's putting your name out there, going forward and trying. And when you do that, I honestly believe that the universe has magic to it, that when you take those steps, I think that if you're in the right direction, you get the energy that you need to be successful. Wow. Okay. So again, I'm processing all of this, but a couple of key things I want to be sure our folks heard. You don't have to be 100% qualified to apply for a position. Don't devalue yourself. Put yourself out there. You never know. Don't look at that job description and think, oh, I don't know if I could do all of that. Okay, let's see. Get out there. And then I think the other piece is it does involve some risk taking. And you did write the book. And that is the difference. And I think being willing to fail, which you also addressed and see that as a learning opportunity is great advice. But I think those are some real key tidbits for us as women who sometimes do sit back, hesitate, go to that backup singer role because I've never sung in front of a 10,000 person concert venue before. So why do I think I could? now. Well, you know, and I also think, Kim, that it depends on the mentors that we have around us. Oh, yeah. And I mentioned earlier that I was really blessed to have some really good superintendents who encouraged me, who uh, taught me things. You know, for example, a lot of people don't like making presentations in public. That's never been a, a problem for me. But presenting to a board is different than doing a training program for teachers. And so I had superintendents who helped me to learn about the politics of the school board. I learned that also from having been on a school board about the presentations you make, about how uh, you don't necessarily have to say everything you know, you need to think about what it is you know. And so I also think for women to have a really, to have a good core of people around you that you can put 
your issues too. You know, I've always had people who would give me advice, sometimes positive, sometimes negative advice, but always, I always felt that they were saying, they were giving me feedback that would help me. But the other part about this for women is really knowing what is your greatest strength? What is it that you're going to bring to this job? And is it your integrity that you're going to work until you make sure that this materials you're presenting is the most accurate you can possibly be? Is it the fact that you have that you have a high ethical standard? So there's not going to be any questions about how you do business and what you're doing. Is it one of your skills that you're a collaborator so you're able to bring people together to create solutions so i also think that as women looking at what is our greatest strength what is it that we do is it our innovation or our creativity you know i think those are all key things that we can use in leadership we're none of us is everything we all have some assets and some liabilities. And you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who's the CEO of a large national association. It's not in education. And she was talking to me about her employees. And as she was sharing with me, there was not one employee she mentioned that she didn't have some kind of an issue with. And they weren't serious issues, but they were things. And she said to me, have you ever dealt with this? And I said, yeah, because I am not a perfect employee and I've never had a perfect employee. So one of the things I've had to learn to do is look at every employee as to what is it that they add to my organization or add to what we're doing? What are their strengths? And can I play to their strengths and mitigate their weaknesses? And I think as women leaders, we need to play to our strengths and we need to mitigate our weaknesses. That doesn't mean that we just act like we don't have them. If we can learn a skill that will help us go for it, but just realize that we are never gonna be everything to everybody, but what we have to offer is really significant. Thank you, Molly. I hope people maybe listen to this a couple of times and just sit back and reflect on those words of wisdom. And I really appreciate you talking about not devaluing ourselves and really looking at what our strengths are and knowing what we bring to the table or bring to that leadership team. So thank you so very, very much for the advice and the insights and the perspective. And I wanna thank you for tuning in to this edition of School Biz Chat. If you enjoyed this new episode, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. Until our next time, take care. We'll be chatting. This has been School Biz Chat with Kim Cranston. New episodes are released on the second and fourth Fridays of each month. If you have topics you'd like to be covered in the future, send Kim an email at kcranston at moasbo.org.